0: by truly allowing them to see that we are all works in progress, including myself. And so opening up in that sense to them, being just as open with them as they are with me. Like that's very important for me personally, because what it does is it breaks down that mental barrier of the guru student, of the teacher student. And once you break that down, people become more open to share more, to be more authentic, to be more empowered.
1: Welcome to the Words of a Warrior podcast. I'm Candy Wheeler, your host and founder of Warrior Women Retreats, internationally recognized conscious business coach, motivational speaker and author, but most importantly, human, on a journey just like you are. And together, we'll explore insights, tools, and practices to help you recognize your worth, see your potential, and bet on yourself so you can up-level your life, leadership, and business. Each week, I will bring you profound wisdom, words of encouragement, and real stories of fierce resilience from inspiring creatives, artists, activists, and entrepreneurs. Trade in fear, worry, and self-doubt for deep healing, sacred remembrance, and divine inspiration to follow your excitement and connect with your true purpose. Grab your journal and get ready to take your power back. Welcome back everyone, I am here with goddess, the goddess incarnated, (laughs) Nina Elaine, who is also a transformation coach, fellow projector human design, if you guys know, and I'm just so excited because I was speaking with Nina. She came up to visit me in Sedona a couple of weeks back to celebrate her birthday, (laughs) which was super exciting. Yeah. And we were just sitting down at this coffee shop. And I remember saying, wow, this conversation could be a whole podcast in itself. (laughs) We just, yeah, every single conversation we've had has been so potent and so filled with so many amazing nuggets, and I'm just so excited to dive into a conversation with Nina today. And we were just talking about how we can do better at leading with compassion. And so I really want to dive in and, and also just have everyone get to know a little bit more of who Nina is because she is new to Arizona. Mm-hmm. And you are just making waves here already. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It is so epic to see all of the incredible women you've worked with and how you've just been helping so many people really transform their lives through all of these amazing different modalities that you have. So Nina, if you could, can you share a little bit about yourself with everyone, maybe about your journey and how you got started into coaching?
0: Oh my gosh. Well, I feel like I'm going to try to make it short. I'm going to try. But uh, my journey into coaching really started with my undoing. It really started with everything just going to shit for me, honestly, which I think is a lot of our stories. Um, And I never planned to be a coach. It was never something that I ever like saw myself doing you know my younger self never saw myself doing but after a lot of really deep like painful shadow work type dark night of the soul type moments in my life it just came to this place where I was becoming so self-aware and I started to just share everything like online of like how I was feeling the things that I'd learned I'd always been interested in self-development so it was always something that I shared but more from a not from as deep as of a place until I came into really hard times in my life that really caused me to develop this self-awareness. So over the years, I would just share things and people would ask me if I could help them and if I could coach them. And it started feeling more like this is what I need to do. So it really started just by me sharing and um, I've been coaching for a couple of years now. Um, and it's amazing. I love it. I do groups and I do one-on-one. Um, I do retreats, all, all the things. Um, and it's just so fulfilling because it's me speaking to me from six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years ago. It's me speaking to me from sometimes even yesterday. It's me it's speaking to me from a place of like, I know from personal experience, and this is what I have used to help me to get through that. These are the tools that my mentor has passed down to me. These are the tools my shaman passed down to me. And these are the tools I wanna help to give you to empower you to do the same in your life. So for me, it's just all about empowering the next person to take their own life and take accountability of their own life, really take it into their hands
1: so amazing. And I love that you said you never meant to even be a coach. And I think that's it for all of us leaders, right? Like we initially just begin sharing our journey and sharing what has worked for us and eventually just naturally start attracting people who want to do that same thing for themselves. And I think that's a perfect example of an embodied leader, like someone who actually walks the talk versus just preaching and sharing all this amazing wisdom Mm -hmm. without fully just embodying it first and i think you're a beautiful example of that and so let's talk about this leading with compassion because i know that compassion is something that i've actually learned to embody more recently for myself i used to have no problem having it for other people (laughs) but yet i was so hard on myself do you find that with a lot of the women that you work with like You know, there's a struggle in really just allowing themselves to be right where they're at. And how else does compassion play a role in leadership?
0: Yeah, I mean, I see it in all of my clients because, you know, they see a part of them within me. So I inevitably have to see a part of me within them. So I see the version of me that struggles with having compassion for myself and for others and how that plays out and how, you know, the people see that seed of themselves within me and it's beautiful to be able to come from that and to be where I'm at now and to be able to help someone else on their journey there just from having done it. So for me, like even more recently, as much as I know about compassion and we all know about it, right, but there still comes moments where you're tested and there still comes moments where you're rather the universe gives you opportunities to really utilize that aspect. So compassion for me has come up so much in the sense of community and family and our roots and our ancestry and how like just community really brings us together and we have more compassion for each other when we're a part of a community when we're very isolated and in our phones all the time like it's easier to not have compassion because we're so separate at least it seems and so just like bringing back together community bringing back together that sense of oneness and patience and humility and compassion, like all these core values that you really get to see and express with each other in a community is really what's been so beautiful to experience in my own community, in this community here in Arizona, in my family, just seeing that in every bubble that I'm in, like every community that I'm in, really was just such a beautiful reminder, even recently in the past couple months of how beautiful it is to not only hold compassion for yourself, but to express that to others and to be able to use it to hold space for others it's just come up so much and it's been such a learning lesson relearning lesson for me because we all know about it but there are moments in our life where it's like at the forefront and so i feel like for me right now it's at the forefront of everything not just my work but like everything in life for me
1: yeah i wanted to talk about too the balance between having self-compassion but also being responsible and accountable and self-aware and where is that even where does that line even exist right because there's this you know desire to do better to be better and to not continue in these same continuous patterns especially if they're self-sabotaging or they're just thoughts beliefs that are no longer serving but yet also being like having that self-acceptance with yourself do you get what i'm saying is there something that you've given your clients ever to help with this dance because i feel like it's such an interesting space
0: to be how do we hold that space and that compassion for ourselves and others but at the same time still push the needle forward am i getting that right or is there something i'm missing
1: mm-hmm. yeah okay okay just being
0: accountable for yeah.
1: You know, stepping into that next yeah. level for yourself.
0: Yeah, I think um, it's a fine balance. It really is a fine balance because there are there are moments where we want to kind of jump into, well, at least personally. I can't speak for anyone else, but personally, want to jump into like a role of just get it done, like just do it, like a very masculine kind of role. And compassion is just not that, it's super feminine, but to get things done, you have to have the masculine. So for me, it's coming from a place of providing enough structure to allow the flow within. And so I don't know if you could like imagine this in your mind's eye with me, but like a box, like structure. And I always make this like comparison or do this for my clients is like this box, like the structure it allows all of your beautiful essence, your feminine essence to kind of have something to flow within so that it's productive. It's like bringing it down into the root chakra. So you can still have the compassion for yourself and others. And when you don't meet a deadline, say you allow yourself to have that compassion. And actually what I found is it helps you to move through those moments quicker. If you can have more compassion for yourself in the moment where you don't meet the deadline and where it just doesn't happen or where it didn't happen the way you wanted it to but understand that we're humans we have faults and have compassion it's easier to move through that moment and get more things done than it is to sit in that moment and sulk and stay in that energy if that makes sense if you know what i mean so for me it's actually it's beneficial to allow what is to be and to continue to move forward. And for me, having compassion for myself, that's the easiest way that I don't get stuck in a rut, honestly.
1: Mm, yeah, so powerful. And I know one of the things you're really committed to helping others in also is conscious leadership. But I feel like, and I feel like you and I kind of relate in that way. Like we love talking about conscious leadership and having compassion for yourself in all of this. And I know one of the things that I've learned most importantly on my journey is self-awareness in a very productive way, right? And seeing yourself in the right lens, in the mm. lens that you are, right? Like this is who you are naturally. But I know so many people struggling, struggle with seeing themselves the way that others see them, how do you think self-awareness kind of plays into that? What tools do you give your clients to help, help them see themselves in the light that others see them, others see them in, in that, light, in that light that they are?
0: That is such a beautiful question. It's so juicy. So there's so many ways to answer that question, but I think the way that I'm being led and guided to answer that is by simply being who I am. And that seems simple in and in, in of itself as a statement, but by truly allowing them to see that we are all works in progress, including myself. And so opening up in that sense to them, being just as open with them as they are with me. Like that's very important for me personally, because what it does is it breaks down that mental barrier of the guru student, of the teacher student. And once you break that down, people become more open to share more, to be more authentic to be more empowered. So that breaking down that barrier is so important for me because we truly are all here in this work to do good work and to help people. And so it's doing a disservice for me as a leader to be in this guru mentality when we are all learning, we are all doing shadow work, we are all, you know, we're in this together. And when we come, like I said, as a community, it just feels more empowering for the people that I'm helping. So even though they're clients, to me, it feels, you know, like this is very much a family. It feels very, very family oriented, very compassion, heart based. Like It's very much about that for me in my practice, because when people feel empowered, they then empower others. Mm. So it's about them seeing that version of themselves within me. And that requires of me a higher, you know, a place of like, okay, I have this responsibility to make sure that I am being as true to myself, including the faults. So, that my clients see I am not perfect. I am not a guru. Mm. I make mistakes as well, but I have compassion for myself. And them seeing that gives them the permission Permission, to have compassion for themselves as well.
1: Wow. Yeah, that's so powerful because so many people deal with like the imposter syndrome and thinking that they have to be somewhere else other than where they are to begin helping and serving others, which is so powerful that you brought it up it's like no people don't want you to be this high you know higher guru and i think this is a part of like the crumbling of the patriarchal ways Mm. the old age and the new age coming forward it's um we're we're creating a new earth and a new way of being with the feminine rising and i think this is such a beautiful example of that in saying, no, actually I'm not better than you. I'm not some, somebody that's like extra magical and you're (laughs) like, not, you know, it's, we all, we all have this within us and we all are dealing with the same things and it's always kind of peeling back these new layers and I think that's going to be very powerful for the people listening to hear like if you're listening to this and you're thinking I need x amount more certifications first or I need this and that or I'm not there yet just Mm -hmm. kind of think like you're the people that you're going to serve don't want and expect you to be Um, this perfect individual that has no flaws. In fact, I find it that when I'm sharing the real deal with all of my clients, it's like, wow, they see not only are they not alone, but they know what's possible now for themselves.
0: Yeah, I love that. And it brought a quote up in my awareness um, and it's, I'm not perfect, I'm real. And there's such a distinction there of The fact that you are real does actually mean that you're perfect because there is no such thing as perfect. There is only real. So for me, it's just like allowing myself to be me and my silliness, my craziness, my whatever, but being me and embodying that full spectrum of myself. Is truly the key. I think a lot of people feel there's some magic secret sauce that like all the healers have and like no one else has it and we just share it among each other. But the secret sauce is that we just allow ourselves to be to be who we are fully and totally and not limiting parts of ourselves to please which we've all done at some point but trying our best not to limit ourselves and really trying to show up raw authentic like who we are even if that's not acceptable in certain spheres but being just who we are
1: yeah oh my gosh so powerful and I think that's another thing that you and I really connected on is really abolishing like this whole guru mentality and this and this this type of leadership and just being completely vulnerable and honest and saying, Hey, like you and me are the same. Like we we're both human beings and yes, I've done this work and yes, I have tools to help you. And you, but at the same time, when you recognize something in me, it's because you have it too. And I think this is just a a new way of leadership that needs to exist amongst so many different places. And I'm just so excited for more and more people to really catch on to this and hear that you actually don't have to be better than or, you know, yes, know what you're talking about. Yes, embody your work, walk your talk. But at the same time, you don't have to be this person with zero problems or zero, <laughs> you know any limiting beliefs or whatever else. And I know another thing that you're really big on is so funny because this is such an unpopular thing to be um, a fan of (laughs) is is shadow work. Right. And so can you talk, what is shadow work for the people that already don't know who it, what it is and uh, why is it so important to really dive into this work, this part of the journey?
0: Oh my gosh. So you just set me on like a 30 minute tangent. No, I'm kidding. But but shadow work is half of what I do. So half of what I do is shadow work. The other half is light work. And I'm sure a lot of people are aware of light work, but shadow work, not a lot of people are aware of. So it's a collection of introspective psychological practices. So that's the one thing I really want people to understand. It's not one practice. It's a collection of many different introspective Uh, practices and the goal of these practices is to get in the subconscious mind to see what's there to explore it and also to remove the programming that's there from childhood that is telling us all these things that are not true about ourselves to remove those things with love and to bring in things that are good things that we want basically planting seeds so that they can grow and flourish in the light right in the light realm so i love shadow work so much because And this is a quote, and I have to give Monique Angelica, my friend, the props for this because she said it to me the other day was that, you know, a lot of people are into shallow work, not shadow work. So they stay at the surface and think that this is the the shadow work, but shadow work really is not pretty. It's not something most people are a fan of. Even though I do it, you know, a lot of times I'm not a fan of it because it calls you out And it's you allowing spirit or you to call yourself out. Nobody likes to be called out. It's just simply not fun. But what it does is it brings a sense of self-awareness that you cannot get any other way. You simply cannot because within is the only way you're going to get it, not without. So I love the practice because it's the only reason that I can sit here today with the experience, with the knowledge, with everything on the table and say, this is me. This is not what me 20 years ago would have done. Like she just wouldn't because she wasn't there. She hadn't done the deep shadow work. She was doing the shallow work. So I love that term. And I think it's so beautiful and amazing because I think it encapsulates really how, you know, how the depth of shadow work is there is no end. It is like an endless rabbit hole that you go down to better yourself so that you can help to better humanity. So hopefully that is something you guys understand because it's a question I get so much. It's probably my most asked question so, I hope that that was a clear explanation for everybody listening of what shadow work is and why it's helpful, also, why it's helpful for you.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I typically see two different wrong ways. Well, I don't know if I can call this wrong, but like not the most ideal ways of work uh, if doing shadow work. And one of them is, yes, the shadow work, like not really leaning in, not going there. And then the other, which is kind of the opposite, is going there and staying there almost mm. like you're just, yes. Have you seen this? I have course? done it. Oh my <laughs>
0: God. I have done it. Yes.
1: What? So like, cause I know so many people just really love to just stay, go there and yes. stay there and just kind. Oh, I'm still working on this. I'm working on this. I'm working on this. What's the problem with that? And how oh do gosh. you overcome that?
0: That is just as bad as the shallow work. And I don't even like using the word bad, but it, it really is just as bad as ignoring the, the light side or as bad as ignoring shadow work. Like both sides are needed. It's balance. So when you're staying in the shadows, what you're doing is you're learning a lot, right? It's a very chaotic energy. It's a very destructive energy and you learn a lot. You're being torn down to be rebirth, to be torn down to be rebirth. It's a never ending chaotic cycle. Mm -hmm. But if you learn all of these things in the shadows, but never bring them to the conscious world, never share those gifts, never share those insights, never get on a podcast and talk about them, never, you know, do these things. What's the point? What's the purpose? You are now holding that information within your own being and you're not shining your light. We're here in the conscious world. We're in the 3D. We're here to shine our light. So when you do that, you're actually taking away from your human experience. You're only on one end of the spectrum. We're here to fully embody the entire spectrum. So yes, shadow work is important, but it's just as important as light work. None is more important than the other. You can't have one without the other. So it really is important to, if you're new to it, to do it with the awareness, at least enough awareness to know if you need a guide, to know if you need someone to help you through and with it. And also to know when to get out if you don't do that. If you're doing it on your own and you feel like you're ready to do it on your own, at least know when, have a signal of when it's time to get out because Mm -hmm. you will get lost down there and it's dark, but it can get comfortable. If you allow it to be, it can get comfortable. You can be comfortable in chaos, as crazy as it sounds. (laughs) You can be comfortable in chaos and no one wants to live that way. We need the balance. So that Mm -hmm. can be destructive. And so anyone that's thinking about it, please, you know, if you're new to it, Really do your research. If you need a guide or someone, there's so many shadow work practitioners out here. Like, there's not a lack of them. And when you want it and you really put it out there to the universe, it will come to you.
1: Mm, yeah, I love that so much because I remember talking to Nina about me wanting to easily fall off the grid all the time. You guys know <laughs> me. I'm so nomadic. I was living in Bali and I was like, wow, no. I actually get pulled back to the city to bring this work to people. And as much as i like to, and as easy as it sounds, as, as, as easy as it would be to just stay off the grid completely, um, we, we get to bring this work to the people that we're meant to serve. It's not just for us. It's for for us to be able to be an example of what is possible in terms of our healing. And I think that is something that is so important. Um, another thing you, you give people are tools of um, self-awareness. So like astrology, yes. a little bit of, I know a little bit of human design, but what else do you, and, yeah. you know, you offer your clients to help them out through this journey of essentially healing and undoing and rebirthing themselves into a, a more authentic version of, of themselves.
0: Oh, so there's so many. Um, Astrology is one of my main and most important ones. So I love astrology. Um, Also, I do um, tarot and oracle. So cards are a huge way for me. Also pendulum work, of course, but also psychoanalytical tools. Also tools from traditional therapy, also tools from psychotherapy. So tons of shadow work practices, including breath work, including yoga and poses and mudras and a lot of like a combination of different modalities that I have successfully used myself Mm -hmm. and I successfully practice. So I don't want to introduce something that I haven't successfully used myself or I haven't successfully, you know, it's not a part of my practice. There are things for certain people. certain people, their thing is all yoga, and that's amazing. Some people, their thing is all one other thing, and that's amazing. But I like to use a wide array of things that have worked for me. And what I've found through you know my clients really, from their feedback is that they like the exploration part of the shadow work. They like the exploration part of the way that my unique medicine, by the way that I do it, is I give them that freedom to explore. Mm. And with that hand, a little bit of a hand holding at first, but then let them explore. And whatever calls to you, we'll work with that. We'll take that and we'll work through that. And we'll work mm. through what happened and what what came up for you and use different practices along that way. So it's very custom. It's very mm. custom. Mm. But personally, I tried to put like a top three it would be psychoanalytical practices so that can range anywhere from like stream of consciousness writing i mean that can go anywhere um breath work and if i had to choose three i can't choose between astrology and cards they're both so so close to my heart so i'm gonna put them together i was gonna say astrology and tarot oracle because those are invaluable and spirit speaks so strongly to me through those modalities mm, that's amazing do you have your cards with you I have like six decks literally surrounding me. <laughs> like oh my gosh, let's pull a card. <laughs> Ooh, okay, I'm so glad. So um I have actually a couple shadow works here, shadow work decks here that I was just using with my clients. Literally just got off a call with them like an hour ago. Mm-hmm. But one of my recent favorite decks is actually sitting here. So I'm glad you said that is um the Beyond Lumeria deck. Oh. And it is by this artist, Izzy Ivy. I think she's from somewhere in Europe, but um, she's amazing. And she channels all of her paintings. She's actually a painter. Mm. And all of these cards she infused with light codes and information about Lumeria, of course. And um, I just really resonate with it. Just being like a star from the Syrian star system, it just really like it hits home with all the mm. water and the birds and the very interesting, you know, yeah. Work and they're all drawn by her all completely channeled so i would love to pull a card um is yeah. there something in particular or do we just want to-
1: let's let's do for the people listening to the podcast just Ooh. a general message that yes. they and whenever they hear this episode just oh, to- i love
0: it i love it so much i'm so glad you asked I'm yeah so how fun
1: you guys like what yes. <laughs> we're gonna have fun podcast
0: oh yeah this is amazing okay thank you so much spirit so this is just for anyone listening at any time and what message that they need to hear oh i'm getting chills already
1: yeah already
0: Oof, and this deck is so powerful thank you so much for it message please thank you so much guys i'm truly grateful thank you thank you i'm truly grateful oh is one of my favorite cards so we got the number 39, Our Ancient Future. Mm. And it's actually the artwork that's on the deck itself. Mm, beautiful, wow. beautiful card. Yes. So um, I'm going to read a little bit from it. It's oh, it's so beautiful.
1: Can you explain? Because for people listening on audio, can you just share a little bit about what it looks like to you? The- oh,
0: yeah. So um, thank you for that. So it is this beautiful, like, psychedelic artwork of this... Mermaid almost. She's like a Lumerian mermaid and she has light coats coming off of her hair and Mm. it's a beautiful mixture of blue, aquamarine, green, um, a little bit of a gold in there, um, a little bit of violet. It's just a beautiful color and there are some fish communicating uh, telepathically at the bottom of the card. Mm. Um, There are, um, she has this beautiful tail. There looks like to be a little dragon in there it's just so beautiful but um each one of the cards she put light codes in so if you could see off her hair there are some Mm. light codes coming off it's really oh so beautiful there's a little um dna strand sitting coming off of her hand it's just it's beautiful it speaks so much to um traveling in between dimensions. And uh, it's just uh, such a beautiful card. I'm so excited oh, that this came out. Yeah. Um, I'll just read a few, like this the key terms and whatever I'm guided to from here, um, because she does actually include little stories and things in here, but let's just see what Spirit is asking. Okay, so the key phrases are wisdom from indigenous peoples, ancestors holding the key to the future, ancient remembering, bloodlines, how the past affects the future, a time to step up, timeless power symbols, activations for powerful shifts. And I just wanna read the divinatory meaning. It's pretty short. Um, This card is imbued with activations for a new paradigm. You are now being showered with blessings in preparation for a transformation. It may be turbulent at times, but you will grow and heal through the coming journey. Partake in activities that help you drop into a meditative state as often as possible. Use clearing tools to raise your vibration and don't get caught up in the destination. Focus on the journey and experience. You can navigate a situation you have no experience with by being truly present. Integrity and intuition will be your guide. Literally what we were just talking about of navigating, even though you're feeling like, well, what if I need more continuing education? What if I need that? Do I need that certification? It's saying intuition and integrity will be your guide. And that is how we got started doing what we're doing as well, Mm -hmm. following our intuition and just having integrity. And Mm -hmm. so I love this um, so, so much, especially in 2020. Like, come on, are you serious?
1: Yeah, I feel like I was just talking to a girlfriend of mine last night and I was just saying with everything happening right now, I feel as though the veil is thinner than it's ever been. And we are more connected to our ancestors than we ever have been before. And I know that's not just true for me. I know it's true for so many other people, especially if you're listening to this podcast, you might feel that same connection. And it's beautiful because you can receive so much wisdom and healing from just
0: have experiencing this connection. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm just even thinking about the ancestral connection, because, you know, a lot of the work that I do in the shadow realm is healing of those ancestral traumas and those, you know, even bonds that need to be broken that you're at chains that your ancestors had. Right. And so mm-hmm. for me, it's very important, like working with ancestors. I have an ancestor altar literally to my, my left right here with my candle going and my offerings and Just to have that connection and to realize you didn't make yourself you came from a lineage of people that are there with you, that are protecting you, that are always there with your highest and greatest good in mind, that want to guide you down this path. And if you tap into that energy, how I know firsthand just how much has changed my life. And um, you know, one of my clients was just saying that she bought a DNA test kit because she was being guided and it was sitting on her altar. And today we had the conversation and she's like, I'm going to take the test. I want to know more about my ancestry and I had a very powerful dream about two days ago into, you know, my ancestry and into my native connection to the native people that actually brought me here to the desert and Mm. the pull and the call in direct words from my ancestors that I need to take a DNA test. So the fact that she brought it up today Mm. and that I already had that call about two days ago, it Mm. was even stronger of like, we have this thin veil right now that we can access and communicate literally with our ancestors it's so beautiful
1: yeah wow so so powerful so nina i know you have this exciting challenge that's coming up and you also have your coaching program so anyone listening that wants to know more of where they can find this goddess can you talk a little bit about that challenge and also where they can learn more about your coaching
0: Yeah, so um, the Heal Your Heart Challenge is really, really special to me. I've been working on it for a while. So it is a four-day challenge, It's three days and then a bonus day um, centered around the heart chakra, compassion, unconditional love, and forgiveness. So those are the pillars rather of not only my personal practice, but of this program. And it's a four-day, like I said, it's an intensive. So I will be letting out more information in about two weeks, I think it's about two weeks from today. Um, on the challenge. So if you want to know more, you can go to my website, which is www.empressincarnated with an I, incarnated.com. Um, also, Instagram, same thing. Facebook, same thing. My personal Instagram is goddessincarnated, and every single thing is linked there. Um, we have Patreon. I have a Patreon community I do readings and extra videos for. Pretty cons- consistently, um, the program we're doing a shadow work um, intensive within Patreon, if that's something you're interested in, but that's totally separate. And then my coaching program is opening up at the end of September again. And I take on a group of clients and we work together to basically get your practice set up for those that are in the healing industry or are looking to really take their healing practice and move it into a space where it can help them to reach more people. Of course, being online. But also, with this new new energy we 're coming into of things moving more online and virtually, at least for the time being, having that as an option to help you not only grow your business but help more people and set yourself free and your family so it 's a beautiful um, thing that 's kind of blossoming and developing um, for all my clients right now they 're about halfway through, so i 'm excited to really let the next group you know form naturally on its own um even through the heal your heart uh, program so if that's something you're interested in of course you can go to the website and um, i'd love to see you
1: yeah we'll drop those links in the description box below oh my gosh nina I could literally, I was just telling you, I could literally sit here and talk to you for hours and we can just drop so much wisdom. This definitely won't be the last time you're on one of the podcast episodes. No way. But thank you so, so, so much for being here, for being willing to share your wisdom, to being willing to come on and talk to everyone listening. It has been so fun to have you on.
0: Yeah. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And of course, you know, I'll be back. I still can't believe it's already finished, but I love the um, segments. I think they're great for people to be able to listen to Mm -hmm. and then still want to hear more. So I'd love to be on more. Um, And again, just thank you for being, simply being. That's it. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Everyone listening, this won't be the last you hear from Nina. We have so much to share with you. Literally, like we have the most epic conversations. And every single time we're like, wait, why didn't we record this? <laughs> Gosh dang it. <laughs> but um, but we will have so much more coming to you. And yeah, we will see you on the next episode, guys. Yeah. Bye, Bye guys. Thank you so much for tuning in with me on the Words of a Warrior podcast. I am so happy you stopped by and would love to know what you took away from this conversation. If you feel so moved, please feel free to share with a friend and leave us a review on iTunes so that we can keep getting this message into the hands of the people who need it the most. Let us know what you loved, topics you want to hear more of, and your favorite words of a warrior. Until next time, keep taking back your power, following your excitement, and unapologetically living the life you were born for.